Praise the Lord. It's good to be back together again for Bible study today. Um, I was going to date it, but I, what's the, today's date? The 18th? 17th. 17th? <laughs> July 17th, 2020. And um, wow, seven months in, and it's been a, a roller coaster already. <laughs> but um, the Lord has um, been leading us to uh, discuss and to learn and dig into more about who we are as a church, who the, the who's, what's, when, where's, and why's of church. Um, a lot of things have changed over the past seven months, and things, the direction of things are, is changing, but God never changes. And what he has been doing and showing us, he has been faithful to his word. He has done everything that he told us he was going to do, um, even months before, even back in 2018, he told us of some of the things that were going to come to pass this year. And um, he told us there was going to be a shaking. He told us there was going to be a, 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 a sifting and a shifting, all those S words. And he told us to be ready, to be prepared, and um, that he would be calling home many of the the. Um, moms and dads of the church, so to speak, the, the saints were going, some of the saints were going home, some of the elders were going to be leaving, and and um, sure enough, look, I mean, look how many have passed away just this past uh, seven months, even, and, um, but God is faithful, amen? amen, and when we put our, he told us to keep our eyes on him, to keep our faith, put our full faith and confidence in God alone, and when we look at, you know, finances, you can't put your, your faith and confidence in finances. You can't put your, your faith and confidence in houses and land. You can't, like the Bible says, you can't put your faith and confidence in, in horses and chariots. Our, our faith, our confidence, our trust is in the Lord. You can't look unto the hills. They look unmovable. But our God says, our Lord says, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can tell it to be removed. Amen. So we know that even mountains, we know mountains are movable in the physical and in the, act, in the spiritual. So we have to put all of our faith and confidence in him. And um, the Lord really, I felt like last night as I was trying to sleep, the Lord just kept giving me stuff. And so um, today we're going to be talking about the church and who she is. But the fact that she is steadfast, she's unmovable. And where does that strength come from? When you think about a powerful, strong person, a, a person that's full of faith, you think, wow, you know, they're, they're like, like, you think about that, I think about that word circumspect. But lots of times you just per, picture a person standing up straight and strong and powerful. And in, a, in the natural, we tend to think of a person that's strong and powerful as being that way because of something they have done. Um, maybe working out, eating right, um, being raised up with a, a strong fortitude, um, like a, a, I don't know, a, a warrior, you know, somebody that was bred for that, that was raised for that, that was taught that and trained that. But it's not always like that. It's not like that for a Christian because all of your faith and all of it comes in Christ Jesus. Everything else follows. Amen. It's all through that relationship with God and our relationship with Christ and the church the early churches we've been reading the book of Acts had a great relationship with Christ amen a great relationship um, by the blood through the blood of Jesus and by the Holy Ghost they were empowered and they were unmovable 
Nothing shook them up. They kept their faith and their confidence, and they weren't moved by the things that came. Lots of times people think, oh, well, I'm a Christian. This shouldn't happen to me. Why is this happening? I've been, I've been faithful. I pay my tithes. I go to church services. I listen online when, when we can't have church services. I, 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 I give to the poor and needy. I do all these things. Why is this happening to me? But we should really step back and examine. We should not ask, why is this happening to me? Look at the prophets of old. Look at Jesus Christ himself. He didn't hang on the cross and say, why is this happening to me? <laughs> Amen? He was, happy. he was full of compassion even in the most painful um, moment of his life and death. And we must keep our, our, our eyes on him and focus on him and what he did and what, the way that he handled things the way that he received them, and the way that he touched other people's lives, even in the midst of being ridiculed, spat on, cursed, um, called all manner of horrible things. The Bible, he actually said, a lot of people think that because Jesus took those things, well, then I don't have to take it. It's nobody's going to say anything negative against me because Jesus took all that. I'm never going to be tempted because Jesus took all that. That's not right. Amen? What he said was that if they said this against me, what are they going to do against you? If they persecute me, surely they're going to persecute you. Amen? We like to think about these things and greater things we shall do, <laughs> which is true. But Jesus also told us that you would also go through persecution and tribulations, troubles. Not the tribulation, but troubles. Amen? All right, turn with me to Acts if you're not already there. We're in the book of Acts. And um, we'll go ahead and read some in chapter 2, just a little. And then we're going to go back to chapter 1. And then I'm going to tie it into some other scriptures that the Lord has given us this morning. But um, we're going to be, like again, we're talking about who the church is and who she is. What does she look like and, and some of the attributes of the church. And um, today... We're going to find out that she is steadfast, she's unmovable, but she's not, uh, she's not worried. Amen? She's confident. And her confidence is not in herself. She's confident in the Lord. Amen? That's my, uh, we call it proposition. <laughs> All right. Where did we leave off last week? We were in Acts chapter 2, and we read up to verse 6, I think. Is that right? Uh, can't my <laughs> <laughs> Just keep rubbing them together until they go. Okay, we'll just pick up in uh, verse, right. verse uh, 7 then. And here we, we just got finished reading last week about um, the Holy Ghost coming in as a mighty rushing wind and the cloven tongues of fire appeared over them they, they saw something that looked like that and then they all began to speak with other tongues and every man heard them in his own language verse 6 and then verse 7 he says and they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another behold are not all these which speak Galileans and how do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus, and in Asia, 
Phrygia, Pamphylia, and in Egypt, and in all parts of Libya and, the, and all about Cyrene, and the strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what does this mean? So they, they weren't in doubt like they didn't believe it, but in doubt like they were trying to figure it out. Like what, what is going on? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, full of faith, right? Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, now here, now Peter has been filled with the Holy Ghost now. Amen? This is, this is the first message brought forth to a group of people in, as preaching. So here's Peter bringing forth the first preaching message after the Holy Ghost, um, after being filled with the Holy Ghost. He lifted up his voice and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In Joel chapter 2, way back then, he prophesied that this would happen. Verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your Young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I can't stop in the middle of Peter's sermons. We're going to keep reading. <laughs> you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and the sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, that of the fruits of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, 
wherefore whereof we are all witnesses therefore being by the right hand of god exalted and having received the father of promise of the holy ghost the father's promise of the holy ghost he hath shed forth which ye now see and hear for david is not ascended into the heavens but he saith unto himself the lord said to my lord sit thou on my right hand until i make thy foals thy footstool therefore let all the house of israel know let them know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. We must know that Jesus is the Lord and that he is our Christ. What does that mean? That he is our Savior and he was the one that was crucified for our salvation. Amen. What all does that entail, church, as a body of Christ, as we think about ourselves as the church? As the, as the bride of Christ. What does it mean? That's an awesome, powerful sermon. I remember the first time I read it, I know where I was and what I was doing. The first time I read the sermon, it, I was having church right by myself in the car or truck or whatever. <laughs> I know where I was, but I think I was in a Trans Am sitting by the river. <laughs> Praise God. That he wants us to know that he is Christ, that he is the Lord, that he is our risen Savior. He is alive, and he is concerned with the things that concern us. So what does this mean? What is it? Where are we going with this message this morning? There's a lot in there, but pull, just pulling out that one, those few words where he says, you've got to know. You must know that this is the Lord. Look at all these proofs. Look at all these evidences. We're surrounded by it. Everywhere we look, all throughout the scripture, there are prophecies fulfilled. The word of God is true. Everything that he said is true. Every word of God is inspired by the Holy Ghost. There's nothing. There's no shadow of turning in him. He's perfect. Amen? God doesn't say something and then take it away. He doesn't bless us and then say, well, you know, I feel like just having a little fun with that one today. I'm just going to take that away and see how they do. No, he doesn't do that. That's not the kind of God he is. Amen. He's, he is God and he is perfect. He is loving and he loves us more than we could possibly love ourselves. Look at, um, where do I want to go? Philippians 4, 6, first of all. Then we'll go back to Acts like I said we would. Philippians 4, 6. Now, the, the Lord, again, I want to... The attribute that the Lord is, is talking to us today about the body of Christ, about the bride of Christ, is that she is full of faith, that she is, she is confident in the Lord. She's not movable. So, Revel, uh, Philippians 4, 6. In saying all that, what I heard the Lord say last night is be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things. So let's read this. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, he says in uh, the King James Version, be careful for nothing, but that's also translated be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace, look what happens. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow. When you think about that first church, about the book of Acts and the 
the first apostles, the first 120 that were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were careful for nothing. They were anxious for nothing. They weren't worried. They weren't concerned. As a matter of fact, they all came together and said, Let's, you know, all things common. If you need a pair of tennis shoes, you can have mine, right? They looked out for one another. There was no contention. And when there was, if when uh, was it, um, Peter and Paul had a little disagreement, they, they had a different ways of thinking about things. They all came together and they, they prayed about it and they made a plan. They didn't just stiffen their necks and go off grumbling and complaining and backbiting. They prayed about it. Everything bathed in prayer. Everything led by the Spirit. Amen? Are y'all getting it? Are you catching it? All that care, all that anxiety, all that pressure and weight goes away when you put it in God's hand and let Him have it. Don't just put it there and say, here, you take it and run away. Watch and see what He does with it. Ask Him, what's your part in this? Lord, how would you have me to respond? How, what, would you, what would you do with me in this situation? How, what should I do? Sometimes God tells people to go apologize for things they didn't even do. Amen? Just to make the, the relationship relationship to make that relationship better sometimes you need to go let that person know that you care for them and that you love them and you're sorry this this situation arose and what can i do to help right look at um and i'm not talking about any specific situation so i don't (laughs) this is god verse eight he goes on to say finally brothers whatever things are true whatever things are honest whatever things are just Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on those things. Think on those things. Don't be thinking about all this other stuff that's going on. How's it, how's it going to, um, Jesus said, you can't, you can't add one cubit to your stature by worrying. Amen. Here. Paul, Paul is telling the Philippians, don't worry. Put it in God's hands. Really seriously release it unto God. Seek God in prayer and let him take all that from you. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. Look what it says up above it in verse 5. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. We don't have time to waste On things that aren't glorifying God. We don't have time to waste on, on, on letting our thoughts wander. Or letting our these things get us down. That song, um, I'm really not a big fan of the song. I don't know if it's just the way it's sung or, or what. But um, he says, uh, how's it go? Depression, something, and, and all anxiety. <laughs> I can't sing it. Anyway has no power over me. Well, how does that come to pass? It only comes to pass in Christ Jesus when we surrender to him. Amen? Praise God. um, Philippians 4, 6 is what we were concentrating on there. Be careful for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known. So in that... 
in the middle of that. Now, God spoke to us just a few weeks ago about being thankful. Remember? It was a lot of, I think we sent out several texts and, and it was a message on, um, I think it was on audio, about being thankful and giving thanks to God in all things. That we, that's part of prayer and worship. When you begin to thank Him and praise Him and release, that you release things. Giving thanks, it recognizes that God is God. That He reigns supreme over all, everything. That everything is before Him. That He sees it all. Nothing is hidden from Him. Give Him thanks. Give Him glory. Praise His name. And that prayer is very, very important. These are things that are that make up the bride of Christ. And without them, you're not the bride. Without that relationship, you're not the bride. If there's no communication, there's no relationship. Amen? Think on that for a minute. Without communication, there's no relation. We must, we must communicate to have that relationship with God. And it can't be a one-sided relationship, whereas all he ever hears is your mouth running. (laughs) Oh, God, this blah, 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 blah. She did this and he did that and blah, 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 blah. We need to learn to listen and to hear the voice of God, to let him walk with us and talk with us. If Jesus came, and he did, to restore the relationship of man, humanity, back to the relationship of of Adam and Eve in the garden, right? He came to restore, to even make it even better, then our relationship should be one where he is walking with us and talking with us. Where we know his voice when he calls our name. That we know his very presence. And we're not having to wonder, was that God? Oh, I wonder if that was God. You should know. How do we know? Well, don't sit there and say, oh, well, I'm so downtrodden. I don't even know the voice of God. I'm just not going to move forward. That would be the wrong response. If we're not sure of the voice of God, let us work on our relationship. Work on it. Pray. Read your, the word more. Learn to hear his voice. Learn to recognize his presence and be able to discern his presence from every all others. Amen? All right. Let's turn to um, Acts 1 and 14. I wanted to read just that one, uh, 1 14. And here, uh, all the people were there in the upper room. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And they all continued with one accord in, accord in prayer and supplication. There's that word again. Those two words, prayer and supplication. That they were in the upper room in prayer and supplication. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, prayer and supplication. Amen? And if you look it up, and you look up those two words, you'll find lots of scriptures where there's prayer and supplication. Daniel, when he first figured out the uh, 70 weeks, the first thing he did was we went into prayer and supplication before God because it was it, in his spirit he was a little troubled. All these things are going to come to pass and this is what's going to happen to God's people. And he began to pray and supplicate, <laughs> communicate and bring forth all the things that was in his heart. And he prayed and he asked forgiveness even for all the people because he was the prophet for the people of that day. Amen? Okay. So, prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with all of his brothers. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there in prayer and supplication. You think it's important? It's very important. That was what ushered in 
the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Prayer and supplication, obedience in prayer and supplication. And then I have one last verse that I, I looked up that I wanted to share with you in this one. Uh, Revelation 8, 4. Revelation chapter 8, verse 4. This is after the that seventh seal is opened, and we're not there yet. <laughs> the scripture says um, in verse 4, And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels' hands. Don't think that when you pray and you seek God and your heart is sincere before the Lord that He doesn't see your prayers or He doesn't hear your prayers. Amen? When, I, when, you're, when you're bringing everything before God, all things in prayer and supplication, being anxious for nothing and giving it to Him, He sees it. He hears it. It's like smoke rising up before the Lord. And believe it or not, it's like a a sweet-smelling fragrance to him because he loves it when his children come and say, Lord, I got a problem. Lord, it's me. Lord, it's it's this. What am I going to do? There, when, when we seek God's face and we pray and intercede, he loves that. Amen? He doesn't want you to... When I, the, when I was growing up, lots of times I heard this phrase that children should be seen and not heard. I don't know if anybody has ever heard that before out here. You might have heard it. The children should be seen and not heard. But that's not the way it is with God. Amen. He wants to see you and he wants to hear you. Amen. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to. And it, it he is moved by the things that move you. Amen. He wants us to be moved by the things that move him. But when your heart is broken, he cares. From the smallest little things to the biggest things. He has compassion and he cares. So the Lord... Um, Last night was really, really speaking about anxiety. And I don't know who might be dealing with it right now. It may be on the audio. It may be, you know, someone else that's not here physically right now. But God is speaking to you about being anxious. And he says, don't, don't, let, don't let that hold you down. Bring it to me. Give it to me. And I will give you rest. Amen. He will give you rest and he will give you the peace that passes all understanding. I love that, the way that Paul put that together in Philippians. That we, when we, we give those prayers, we give up those prayers and that supplication before God. We're not, don't be anxious for anything. Do all things in prayer and supplication. And he will give you that peace that passes all understanding. That's powerful. Powerful. It's so important when we hear a scripture or see a scripture to read the other scriptures around it, not just to take that one verse, but see what the whole, the whole cake, you know, <laughs> get the whole thing, the icing and the filling and everything, Eat, you know, get a hold of all of it because there's so much more layers to what God has for us. And um, that's a quick, easy Bible study, I think, this morning. Does anybody have anything to add to it or bring out? I had to I had to unburden my soul this morning. So. <laughs> there are a lot of verses. If you go home and, and look it up and um prayer and supplication, there are a lot of verses that go along with that. Larry had a good one on supplication one time. 
when you explained it, so maybe you could go over that again. It's a supplication. Uh, is uh, when you really you get serious with God and you pour your heart out to Him. You you uh, put everything else out of out of the way. It's between you and God. You really communicate the things to God. David is a real good example because he always explained weaknesses. God already knew his weaknesses, but when he talked to God, he told him his weaknesses. In other words, he was dealing with them and he was going forward. And in supplication, prayer and supplication, you pray, but you also communicate more. It's a closer thing than just just praying. Yes. to a place where the things that hurt God hurt them. When they cried, it actually, they, he, they felt that, you know, the pain that God felt even. But not as much as God, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes, sometimes I feel that. I see, see what's happening in the world, you know. Say the wicked world, the wicked ways of the world, and everything. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so many things are get us off track, especially with the media and everything. Yes. Yeah. I really do believe that the Lord is, you know, He's given us as the body of Christ an opportunity to get before Him, and we need to, you know, maybe make a. Uh, a note you know of what's going what how much time are you spending looking at at the media how much time are you are we spending looking at the news versus looking into the Word of God what does the Word of God say about what's happening right now are you gonna take somebody else's word for it because there's a lot of different a lot of different stuff out there right now uh, one pastor told me the other day and he this was not his belief but someone else had said that we're in the um the fourth seal already that's not true <laughs> That's, there's no there's no evidence for that <laughs> and um no we're not and um so we need to you know know the word and in these days that we're coming into we need to know the word better than ever i was just you know reading reading paul i mean peter i'm sorry peter standing up and giving that that message right there in acts and thinking wow you know he was with the lord for three years before that he was a fisherman and listened to him quote the word of God verbatim like that that's the Holy Ghost amen yeah. giving revelation and bringing forth the word and and that's what we need to have that kind of relationship we don't know when we're going to be delivered up before the de determinate council you don't know when you're going to have to give answer before somebody and if we're not studied up prayed up and filled with the Holy Ghost it's going to be really difficult to really be able to put your words together and bring forth what God has for the people or for that person that you're you're having to give answer to. There are a lot of people out there dying and going to hell right now. And it's our job to be a witness. That's what the Holy Ghost came for. That's why he's here, is to fill us and make us an effective witness. The bride of Christ 
is an effective witness. Amen. Amen. She's not ashamed and she's not anxious. She's filled with the Spirit and she puts all her faith and confidence in her Lord and her Savior. Praise God. Anybody else? Questions? Got any comments from our School of Ministry students? That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 40. One good thing, too, is uh, the Holy Ghost uh, leads and guides into all truth. So when you're praying, he'll give you things to pray for you. Amen. The things that we don't even know. I mean, that's, that helps a lot on supplication. Yes. Because in the days of old, people would actually, uh, when they got down before God, they would afflict your souls, and people don't do that. The mind and will and emotions have to be involved in afflicting your soul, because that is your soul. It has to touch you on a deep level. Amen. Is that when they used to like, throw themselves in the dirt? Cover yourself in sackcloth and ashes, and hone themselves down as far as they could go. Didn't fulfill any of his desires. I mean, if there's hunger, you go without food, things like that. Well, that being said, <laughs> I was gonna, uh, let me read to you from uh, Daniel chapter 9. He says in uh, verse 2, In the first year of his reign, that would be uh, Darius, um, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the numbers of years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. What's the next thing Daniel did? And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And, and he began to pray for all the people and began to intercede for all the people. He made his supplication before God. He made his... um his heart known to the Lord and everything that he was seeing come to come that God was dealing with him about. And that's where that, that he began to pray and fast. And so he afflicted himself, so to speak. He, he, when Daniel went into a fast, he was serious. Amen. He wasn't like, well, I'm just going to skip some cracker. I'm going to have some crackers and, and water. Daniel fasted and he was sincere about it. So, um, and he began to seek the Lord. What verse is that? Uh, Daniel chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. And maybe the first part of 4, yeah. Okay. So that was even before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of God would come on Daniel. And he was moved about by his compassion, moved about by his love for the people and the Spirit of God. The calling and anointing that was on his life. He surely knew how to communicate with God. Anybody else? Amen. All right, we're going to leave you with that today, and I hope that um. 
those of you who are listening and those of you that are here today, um, go home and study it out a little bit further and get before the Lord and, and let him lead you deeper into this study. It's a really, really good study. And it is what the Lord is saying to us today. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication. Amen. Amen.